Hi, welcome to Harvest Church Podcast. We pray that as you listen today, you are blessed and encouraged. Thank you so much for listening in. If you want any more information about our ministry, we'd love you to jump onto our website, harvestaustralia.org. Have a great day. Today, I want to speak on awakening, um, but I want to take it from a few different angles because this word awakening has, has been well used in our modern Christianity um, uh, for all sorts of things. And so probably my starting point today uh, is our starting scripture, which is very simple, very short. It's not going to take long to read Ephesians 5.14, and we've thrown it up on the screen, I think. And it says, for this reason, awake sleeper and arise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. This is awakening. This sums up awakening. Firstly, that there has been sleep. Secondly, that there needs to be a rising from the dead. And then thirdly, that Christ would rise up in us and shine on us because it can't be an awakening just of our emotions. It can't be an awakening just of our nice situations. It must be an awakening of Jesus Christ that makes the difference. And I, I, I think even in our uh, modern ways of doing church, and there's so many great ways, and we celebrate all those things, we, we do all those things, there's a number of things that I began to write out a list just for myself, but I'm going to share them with you today, whether you like it or not. Um, some of the things that, that I have felt that over the years, maybe we have felt like it's awakening or we felt like it's a move or we felt like it's, you know, we're, we're hitting our straps, we're starting to see some good stuff now or we're starting to really go for it as a church or as a community. I wrote out some of those things that sometimes capture our emotions and we, be we begin to think that, that our movement is now making it. Um, and I wrote some of those things out, which we've all, all of us have, have probably engaged with. And if you're not in church and you don't know the Lord, then this is kind of irrelevant for you. But bear with me. There's stuff for you later in this as well. But, but I just want to make us think today. I want to make whatever, wherever you are today, I want to make you think and, and me think about what isn't an awakening. What isn't a move of God? And so here's a, here's a list of things that are not an awakening of, of Jesus Christ, a whole string of meetings one after another at church, organized sessions on revival, a church, church growth program, conferences, a new worship album, a network of churches, perfect sounding, great atmospheric worship music, a new podcast or book launch or speaker or all the things that go with that, a dynamic, charismatic, normally male, leader of a movement or of a church. A meeting where some people fall or shake in the spirit when prayed for. A prophecy about revival. And I could go on and on and on about all the things that, that we have accompanied Jesus in our meetings and in our structures. These things are accompaniments. They're add-ons. They are not Christ shining on us. They are us putting these things in place. Am I saying these things are wrong? No, they are not wrong. There's nothing wrong with these things. God uses these things. However, so often, and I fear a little bit for the coming generation, that as soon as a, 
a move, if it's got festoon lights in the background with great sounding worship and it's on YouTube and it's young, good looking people and, and they've got that sound and that look and, uh, and, and there's an album release. And I fear when we call that a new move of God or when maybe we're in a worship time and a lot of people have rocked up and, and, and it's, really, it's really good and, and it feels good and it looks good and it sounds good and we say we have a move of God that night. I fear that we're settling for second best because the moves of God that I've read about and that I've tasted a little bit of in my lifetime isn't just a nice feeling in a moment with nice surroundings. In fact, some of the times where I can think of where God's moved, it might be at camps where it's freezing cold like it is here this morning and pretty uncomfortable surroundings actually terrible instruments and, and worship just wasn't good at all. I remember being the drummer and just horrible drum kit and it just sounded terrible and couldn't really even get the notes right and sound right, but God moved. And so we don't need the formula of the world to make God move. We don't need to look like the world to think it's a move of God. Um, this might seem like this is an anti-message of, of everything that's modern. It's not, because I love that stuff and I celebrate that as well. And we'll do things as well as we possibly can. However, we won't fall short in thinking that all of that stuff is the move of God. If we think that, then we'll get that and that's all we'll get. Because we'll sell out at stage, stage one and two when really he wants us to go stage three and four. He wants us to go deeper and search out the deeper things. And so I, I think we are in an hour where we have opportunity to search for deeper things. We have an opportunity to ask bigger questions of God. And so my question of God is about awakening. We spent most of our life, most of our church life, asking God to awaken us, asking God to pour out his spirit and send revival. And, and that's the DNA of our church. And it's, it's in our DNA, Karen, and my DNA. And it's, it's a big part of who we are. However, at the same time, we've got to live normal lives. We've got to do school. We've got to raise kids. We've got to eat. We've got to you know, function in so many ways, go and do jobs and do normal things as well. And so we can't just throw everything out and just become monks who are isolated and, uh, and, and live in that realm. We, we live in both realms. We live on earth and we seek heaven. And so we've got these both things in tension that we're trying to say, God, send an awakening. But God, I've got to, I've got to do the shopping today as well. And so we've got both of these things in tension. And how do we do this well? I don't have the answer for that today, but I hope to ask some questions that make us think today at a deeper level. I think there's three levels of awakening that we're really asking the Lord for when we say, awake, O sleeper. And the first one is always personal. It's always personal. It's not, I want a great, great series of meetings at my church and I want to pack this place out and call it awakening so I can become famous and, and have an agenda that maybe I don't speak about, but there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's always an agenda of come here, do this. Uh, that's not a personal awakening. That's a pride awakening. And we don't want that. Uh, I can remember one particular small move of God, and I think it was, a, uh, it was kind of a, a little move 
move of God. Uh, back in, I think it was 2008, 2009, in Florida, I went, uh, and most of you will probably, probably know the one. I remember just the, one of the catchphrases was, come and get some here, come and get some here. And I, I remember, hey, I went, I mean, it's, it's, you know, I did it. But I remember thinking to myself while there, does everyone on the earth have to fly to this one place to come and get God? And the truth is, no. It's true that we can go to places where there is refreshing and we can be refreshed as well. And we'll probably still do that. And we pray for that here as well. Many people have come here over the years and had the same experience here. But don't we believe in a God who's bigger than that? And surely if we're after true awakening, we're after something that is bigger than ourselves. Because if it's just going to be isolated to us and our movement and our denomination and our little structure and our relationships, then it's not an awakening. Because the awakenings I've read about, I think of Azusa Street, which launched the Pentecostal denomination, half a billion people across the earth now, fastest growing denomination. And then you think of uh, the Great Awakenings in 1700s. You think of the Welsh Revival, which changed a nation. You think of Hebrides, which changed a nation and, and beyond. Uh, and you think of other moves of God like this. These are awakenings. They change a city, they change a nation, and they change nations. So they're not just little moves. They're not something that we can say we're going to have a revival uh, because it's not, it's not really doesn't rely on us. We need, we need God's sovereign power to break through and be released en masse. That's what we're talking about in Awakening. But it begins at level number one, ourselves, our hearts. And if we look at some of these great awakenings over the years, um, even in, in China and in Indonesia, they've had incredible moves of God, incredible awakenings across the nations. It's normally begun in some individuals, some individuals that are willing to have an awakening in and of themselves, meet with Jesus, seek Jesus, be praying, be seeking, be asking the Lord. A lot of these nations had no prophetic words over them. I don't know that there was a prophetic word for, for China before uh, an outbreak of revival there or Indonesia or Hebrides, for that matter, I've never heard of great words and prophets releasing things. I'm sure there were senses and some things, but we don't have to wait for that stuff. We can begin a process in and of our own hearts of awakening. And this, I believe, is the greatest awakening is when individual believers get with Jesus and form a relationship with him and form that awakening with him. And then I believe the words in Ephesians become alive and Christ will shine on you. And this is the difference. This is the difference between someone who believes in Christianity and someone who follows Jesus. We've been watching the last few nights some of the, um, the great productions, great movies. I think one was called Risen and another one was AD, the series on, on, uh, on, on the New Testament, if you like. And, and obviously you see Christ being crucified and then some of the uh, circumstances after that and it, it's impacting it's impacting and you have to look at Jesus and you have to say do I know that man does my awakening look like that man does my relationship know who he is there's been times over my Christianity that I'd have to say I sought after a move of God then more than I sought after God or I sought more after a large gathering of Christians who come together and have worship and do this stuff and even see manifestations of God poured out more than the man, Jesus Christ. But awakening will mean Jesus shines on us. Jesus, the man, the person, the God who we believe in. 
our Lord, our Savior, our Redeemer, our Healer, the true one God, He will shine on us. So in any awakening that we have, He must be the center. Anytime we use that word awakening, anytime we use that word revival, it must be Jesus Christ as the center. It cannot be man-focused. It cannot be church-focused. It cannot be my series of meetings. It cannot be my, my new album release. It, even if we call it revival or awakening, it still doesn't cut it. It must shine Jesus Christ out of it. And therefore... I believe that we can take history of awakenings as a little bit of a lesson here. And I'm not a prophet. I know enough about myself and I'm self-aware enough to know that I'm not a prophet. But here's one thing I know, that you can be a great prophet by looking at history. What do I mean by that? Well, let's, let's look a little bit at history. History will tell us that awakenings, and this is awakenings on a larger scale, um, have a whole lot of things attached to it. In fact, before I go to that, I'm going to just explain the two other levels out of three levels of awakening that I believe we should be aware of, praying for, and seeking God for. The first one was personal, salvation, repentance, believing in Jesus, having a relationship with him in, in the core of our being. The second one is local, where, where that awakening can be released on a local level and prayer meetings start and there's an, there's an uprising, there's a spontaneity about uh, seeking after God. You can have it in a youth group. You can have it in, in certain sectors. And then you can have it on a national, citywide, global scale. And th this, is, this is a great awakening. America's had their fair share of great awakenings. Sorry if you're watching from America or if you watch this back later, but I think it's Australia's time and, uh, and other nations' time, but I'm sure America will certainly be at the forefront of any move of God as well. But we are also, we live in all sorts of locations all around the world. We have media that goes all around the world. So naturally, whatever God does in a certain place, it's going to be contagious more than ever before. And so that's what we're praying for. But I do want to, in, in saying that I'm not a prophet, I do want to bring some clarity so that we can be a little bit wise when we ask for awakening and pray for awakening and seek awakening and ask for God to move, that we actually know what we're asking for. Because especially as, as church, as we get better at even putting on meetings and media and we get better at doing this, we fall into a little bit of a risk or a trap. We can fall into a trap of moving further away from what actually happens in an awakening. And I'm talking about, uh, and we've spent many, many years reading and watching and listening and even attending and being in moves of God and, and, and doing as much study as we possibly can on this subject of anything in our lives. And so it's, it's with that basis of decades of reading and loving moves of God and being open to that and seeking that, that I say all this stuff. It's not from a critical heart. But I want to bring a warning. Be careful what we ask for. Because when we ask for awakening, firstly, he might do it on us. He might actually awaken our hearts. He might awake us from our slumber. And then what happens? Let, let me tell you some of the marks of awakenings that I can summarize really quickly. They are spontaneous. God's spirit moves spontaneously. There's generally no advertising. There's unexplainable manifestations of the Holy Spirit. Very, very controversial. They're normally Jesus and word centered. 
they're, they're rock solid on Jesus, especially the ones that I've mentioned. There might have been other ones that are randomites around the edges, but you think of the great moves of God, a quite conservative preaching of the gospel, uh, and very, very strongly. Um, there's many salvations, quite, quite frequently salvations happening spontaneously, happening in meetings, happening out in parks and in other locations and families and other locations. Salvations, people coming to Jesus Christ. Numerous locations, indoors and outdoors. You can see this through, through all the, the Great Awakenings. Strong, uh, mostly reformed and conservative evangelical background preaching. Uh, it typically hasn't come from other, other denominations. It's been conservative preaching, reformed, uh, normally quite strict, whether it be Anglican Church of England, these kind of backgrounds, Presbyterian. Uh, you, you can see a, a very almost conservative way of preaching. It wasn't uh, hyper anything other than the word and, and sometimes very, um, almost nowadays, if you look at, say, Jonathan Edwards, sinners in the hands of an angry God sermon, we would say that is terrible, heavy preaching, but God shook a nation through that sermon. And so uh, we can see that as a, as a solid pattern. Uh, also, and here's one that's interesting, they all had a season. All of them had a season. There were various abuses and con, uh, confusions over manifestations. Uh, there were also leadership struggles. Some leaders fell away. Some were hot, some were cold. Some had uh, doctrinal differences and issues over, over their beliefs. Um, there were deep levels uh, of individual and corporate prayer. They changed cities and even nations, and they were not limited to a church. I could go on, but I think that's probably enough. But what you can see there is that whenever there's a true move of God, an awakening, there is also other stuff that the enemy tries to bring. He tries to bring counterfeit. He tries to bring confusion. He tries to bring division. He tries to defeat the work of God. He tries to do any number of things that we can see throughout all of these moves. Uh, human error, doctrinal error, all sorts of things come up. Uh, when awakening's happening. And so my, my, my word of caution is that when we pray, when we ask the Lord for awakening, and if we see this even at a personal level, He will awaken us. And then we have to fight for it. And then we have to fight for truth. And then we have to fight with one another in the right way. And then we have to fight for what are you doing, God? We have to really read the Word of God and look at history. And so today... I want to give you what I believe other than the New Testament. The New Testament is the foundation for awakening. It's the foundation for the gospel, foundation for everything we believe. And I've simplified it today with this passage from Ephesians, you know, terribly in one sense. But it's, I wanted to keep it really simple. But I want to, for those of you who want to study this more, for those of you who are hungry for this, for those of you who like reading, I want to give you a document that I've, I've actually, I think I've given it out years ago. And it's something that I keep going back to. Uh, and it's written by Jonathan Edwards in the 1700s, one of still to this day, one of the greatest theologians, reformed theologians uh, in an awakening revival atmosphere. Uh, many write about it and believe in it and love it, but not many have actually led it and been in it. Well, he did um, with, with other men and women as well. Uh, and he had, a, he had a great life. He, he had a great fruitful life, marriage, uh, all sorts of things that I think are very good 
things to, to listen to and watch you, but it was an incredible mind, incredibly brilliant mind of reading scripture. Um, and so I want to give you a link. I think we're going to put it out there on the comments for you to go and look at. But basically, if you just want to Google Jonathan Edwards, distinguishing marks, distinguishing marks. And the reason I'm giving you this is because I think that Again, to be a good prophet, looking forward, we just have to look at history. And we say, okay, if we're asking the Lord for an awakening, then let's look at what he did in the past. And, and this document, Distinguishing Marks of a Move of the Spirit of God, and it's got a very long title, but that's summarizing it. He lists and documents in there explicitly the things that happened during an awakening. And he divides the line between what is a mark of the Spirit of God and what is not a mark of the Spirit of God. And it really comes out of the fruit. Judge it by its fruit. He says things in there. It's in Old English, so you have to really challenge yourself to, to spend some time reading this thing. But he says in there things like manifestations of the Spirit are not a sign that God is at work or that he is not at work. And yet so many of our revival meetings have surrounded by manifestations of the Spirit and, and we hope that God's at work, but then we might look three years down the track and we say, where are those people? Where is the fruit in their life? And so this is where we want to go back to our prayer and Christ will shine on you. When there's a move of the Spirit and when God is moving and the Holy Spirit is touching people, we want to say to them, let Christ shine on you. Let Christ be at work in you. Let no other feeling or no other thought or nothing else be going on in your life, but let Christ shine on you and let His fruit rise up inside of you. And let let those things challenge you and you're going to have to war with the flesh. You're going to have to face some stuff in your life. You're going to have to go to the Word of God. You're going to have to go to some deep, dark places to find Christ, but let Him shine on you. Don't let the manifestation be the end point. Don't let that be an attention-seeking point. Don't let that be a point where you say, now we've got to move of God because it's only the beginning. And this is what history shows us, is that if we're really saying we want awakening, let's be, let's be really clear on what we're asking for. We're asking for Him to awaken us from our slumber, from our lethargy, from our sleeping, from our selfishness, our tiredness, our weariness, our laziness, and all of these things. And do we really want that? Do we really want him to come face to face? I'm talking about Jesus. Come face to face with us and ask us questions about our life. Do we want to be confronted with the offenses and the sin that we're still holding on to? Do we want to be confronted with the things, the bitterness, the, the other things that we may still be holding on to? And yet we say, send a move of God. And yet he may be saying, well, if I do, I'm going to start with you. And that's, this is the challenge I take on for myself. Do I really want it? Do I really want him to awaken our church because he might start with me? Do I really want him to come face to face? I'm talking the living Christ, the living Jesus Christ, the hope of glory, the Son of God, the one who's redeemed us and saved us. Do we want him to come right up close and ask us some pertinent questions about the sin in our life, about how we're living our life, about who we are, and about how we might have still carrying bitterness and still carrying offenses toward other people, even other believers, when the Word tells us not to do this. There's so many things that we may need to get rid of before He actually awakens us. Maybe in our slumber, He's leaving us in our slumber. This might sound like a hard word, but I want to finish it with a good note. And that is 
that once we've, maybe if you, like I've said, maybe if you want to go and do some research and have a look at some of this stuff. And the reason I've given you a document is because I think this is, this is the real McCoy. This is not a book sale. This is not, there's no agenda. There's nothing in this. You don't have to join a network or join a scheme or come to my meeting or do anything like that. To be honest, I think with awakening, a whole lot of that, less of that is actually going to count and actually going to matter. But what it's about is the kingdom of Jesus Christ being advanced in you and in me. And whatever that looks like, let's let the Holy Spirit do the work. Let's let the Holy Spirit doing the propaganda. Let's let the Holy Spirit do the advertising. Let's let the Holy Spirit do the, the contagious work of an awakening that only he can do. And we get out of the way and we do what he's telling us to do. We, we activate whatever gifts he's given us and we, we do all of that. But at the end of the day, we let him come in and we say, arise, arise, awake, O sleeping church, awake, O sleeping man, awake, O sleeping person. As a side note, it's something that I sent out this week to our men of Harvest Church is about Ahab and Jezebel. So often in church circles, we've heard about Jezebel and, and we talk about Jezebel and what a, what a terrible woman and a terrible spirit that Jezebel is. But as I brought out in that, passage that I, that I gave you in 1 Kings 17, I think it was, is, is that actually Ahab was asleep. Ahab was asleep. The man, the king was asleep. And when the king is asleep, the enemy will have his way. And this is a challenge to us men. You men watching this morning, I want to say to you, are you asleep? Are you asleep? Do you need to hear the words of the Lord over you? Arise, Awake, O oh sleeper, it's time. It's time to lead in your family. It's time to lead with the Lord. It's time to get with Jesus. It's time to stop being lazy. It's time to stop using every excuse under the sun other than the one you were called to when you were first saved or when you first got baptized in the Spirit or when things first began to stir in your spirit. And I want to say that, even call you out today and say, Arise, awaken, O oh sleeper, it's time to arise. Let Christ shine on you. Let his joy come over you. Let that freshness of who he is, the person, Jesus Christ. Maybe you got bored with church. Maybe you got bored with meetings and bored with all that stuff. Do you know what? Pastors get bored with all that stuff too. But we do it because we stay the course and we do what God's set in front of us. And sometimes we do it, we're not even feeling like it, but we do it anyway. And that's what we have to do sometimes is we're, we're in the trench together. We're in the trench together and we need encouragement. And I want to say to you, let Christ shine on you. Let him arise in you and let his strength be your strength. Let his joy be your joy. Because sometimes we've been doing it on our own and it's tough. It's hard. It's boring. Uh, there's a whole lot of things that we'd rather do. That's because we've lost our first love. And this is what Revelations talks about. We've done so many things, but we lost our first love. Get back to our first love. That is Jesus Christ. That is him who's called us. He's the one we're going to eternity to be with, not anything else, not any meeting or denomination. As much as I love people coming and being part of Harvest, it's not about this. It's about his kingdom, the kingdom of Jesus Christ. He is the Lord and Savior. And maybe you even listening this morning or watching this back, and you're not in the place with Jesus that you need to be. You've, you've put all sorts of other things first and, and you, you've lost that first love. Maybe you never had it in the first place. I want to say to you, 
Do it this morning. Recommit to him. Give your life to Jesus. Just tell him. Just say, Jesus, I want to live for you now. It changes today. I want to live for you. I want to burn. I want your joy. I need your help. I can't do it on my own anymore. All this other stuff, it's just too hard. So Jesus, I'm going to live for you. That man who died on the cross for your sin, wash you clean. And if you believe in him and you ask for forgiveness, he will come into your life. He will change everything. It won't necessarily be easy, but all of a sudden you have a savior with you. You have someone with you. And that's the difference. That's awakening. That's what happens when we find awakening is we find Jesus Christ and that he shines on us and rises up in us. And so that's our prayer this morning is that wherever you are, whatever you're doing, if you don't know Jesus, that you would ask him into your life. If you've been away from him, come back to him this morning. If you've been distant from him, connect with him this morning. And you may need help with that. So you might want to connect with us. You might want to send us a message and just ask for help. Send us an email, admin at harvestaustralia.org and we'll send you a pack. We'll connect with you. We'll phone call you. We'll help you on your journey in any way we possibly can. Or you might be a man who's realized you've just been too lazy. You've just given in to lethargy. You've just given in to all the other stuff that just seems to weigh you down and it's time to awaken. It's time to awaken as God's called you to be. He's called you to be a man of God. He's called you to be a son of the Father, of the living God. Or maybe you're a woman, you're a youth, young adult, child, whatever, watching today and you just realized, I need a fresh, and awa fresh awakening. It begins with us. It begins with us. I believe God is sovereign and, and he moves in the ways that he moves and he's like the wind. We don't know where he comes from and we don't know where he goes. But we know that he also blesses a heart that seeks after him. He blesses a heart that says, Lord, awaken me, awaken me. And he does great things. He comes. And for those who ask, we will find. Those who knock, the door will be open. And when we seek, we will find him. And so these are promises of the Bible that when we allow him to awaken us, he will come and move in our midst. He will come and move on our hearts. And when enough of us do that, I, be I, begin think I believe things begin to shake. And so that's what we're praying for. And I want to just lead us in a prayer to finish off this morning on that note. Lord, I pray today that you would come and that you would, you would awaken us, whether we feel like it or not. It doesn't really matter. I believe this is a, a, an encouragement to us as your people to allow you to awaken us, saying, Arise, O sleeper, that you, Jesus Christ, would come and shine on us, shine in our community, shine in our nation, shine on us personally in a fresh new way. Lord, I ask for everyone watching that there would be a fresh breath of heaven, there'd be fresh joy, there'd be a fresh awareness of you in everything we do, that we would let go of stuff we need to let go with. We would give over stuff that needs to go and that you would come and shine your face and your life, Jesus Christ, on us in a fresh new way. In Jesus' name, amen.